Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about The Empress of Mars, written by Mark Gatiss, directed by Wayne Yip, aired June 10th, 2017. Cody. Jake. What'd you think of this one? This episode's shit. Move along. Sam. Oh, that's really sad. I thought it was pretty good. Wrong. <laughs> um, Terry? I watched it. It was <laughs> there on the screen. I don't know. Nothing was too spectacular. I was excited for the Ice Warriors, but I I don't know. The Colonials threw me off. Goddamn colonials. Victorian. <laughs> Jill? Oh, you mean the Frozen prequel? Yeah. Um, <laughs> if the first half was slow and unengaging, I thought the second half was really good. I liked the resolve and the, like, the, the final part of the story. Just thought the beginning was a little bit boring. Alex? I thought this one is very filler episode. It was a romp. It had some good parts. Um, yeah. Jake? Uh, I fell asleep a few times. <laughs> uh, I thought that I didn't remember anything about this, but I remembered everything. There's just not that much to remember. <laughs> just came back. <laughs> Sam was on two hours of sleep. I made it through this episode. No, I, I made it through half the episode. <laughs> did you fall asleep? No, I went to bed. Yeah, oh, she did, left. Oh, okay, that, yeah, that's right. Okay, but still, you made it through the worst part of the episode. <laughs> Nothing was going on. It was the biggest slog in Doctor Who. Who was the person who said this season had some bangers? A lot of people really like this season. And again, I've said it a hundred times. It's because the last three episodes are really good. Oh. Well, goddamn, they better be because Jesus. We're not to those yet? <laughs> we we're we are not even shooting for par anymore. We're just like, if you could give me a double bogey, I'll be like, yeah, we we made it through this season. This uh I mean, not every episode can be like a home run. Like this was just a a fun little deal. Yeah, except for we're saying that after every other if not every other two episodes in a row with one in between stop making excuses for this trash it doesn't even need excuses it's just trash okay i i do want to address early on um we've had a lot of discussion about bangitude pretty sure that was last week if not two weeks ago so let's discuss the bangitude of butt chin soldier the bad guy yeah uh catch glove god sure what I, you know who I mean? Name. I know where you're coming from, but we talked about what banging is, and it's not just how you look. His personality is a giant pile of shit. I hate him, and I hope he dies. <laughs> it's saying that you fuck, which he <laughs> oh he definitely is, no he he looks more rapey than like oh <laughs> yikers. <laughs> he's too like he's got the. It's not a bad boy feel, it's just a, you're a dick. Like a little yeah. rat, like a Peter Pettigrew feel. But with an attractive face. Like, the dude's <laughs> symmetrical as shit. Congratulations, man. Like, good, good on you. This is a good head of hair. Fantastic. I, I mean, obviously, he's supposed to be an asshole, but I got some major major bangitude vibe from him. Got some bangitude? <laughs> he's got that all of his presence. If you want to see more of him, I think he's on Victoria with jenna coleman uh, right now and he was or i don't know if it's still going but he was when this episode was aired and there's even a picture of queen victoria but of course they weren't going to use jenna coleman as that picture they used the lady who played queen victoria in alex's favorite episode tooth and claw <laughs> hell yeah bang
So that dude's a wop. But with <laughs> but he's a he's a dick. What? Like they did a really good job of making you just hate him. Yeah. Well, that's kind of one of the problems I have with this episode, and Alex will back me up that I have the same problem with a lot of classic Doctor Who episodes or stories, in that the uh the the side cast or the uh the guest cast that are all all these soldiers they have this power struggle that I could not give less of a shit about because I don't know anything about any of them, and every single one of those soldiers looks exactly the same to me, so I don't even know who is struggling with whom and uh i just want more of like the doctor fighting the ice warriors which doesn't even happen what they did to the ice warriors here is a travesty like the writer of this should be tried in doctor who court for treachery to the series like the ice warriors were made so gatus who also wrote the last ice warriors episode that you're talking about gatus did this abomination <laughs> what well, the fuck let Question. me burn a fun fact on you hold on terry gatus did this while having a stroke <laughs> well he started writing this sorry someone's revving like a an airplane outside it's really loud <laughs> um <laughs> so gatus started writing this like as a direct sequel to cold war his last Ice Warrior story. And then somewhere in the writing of it, it changed to like a a part three of this Peladon story from the 70s that had the Ice Warriors in it. And in that, the Ice Warriors, like, they were kind of turned from bad guys into good guys. I won't spoil it, but they, you know, the Doctor thinks they're bad, but they show up at this other place and... It turns out they're they're trying to do good. Um, so at that point, the Ice Warriors were kind of already de-villainized. Like, and we saw that in Cold War II where at the end, the Ice Warriors like, yeah, my fight's not with you. I'm just going to go home. But then again, Mark Gatiss in the writing of it changed it. Like just while writing, you realize that that story isn't there. And so it's kind of just a big fart of like it's neither (laughs) a sequel to one story or the end of a trilogy of another story it's just a nothing and it's like a reintroduction for no reason of a villain that didn't need to be reintroduced yeah that fantastic explanation i feel bad i'm pretty sure i'm not always right but i feel like i've very much enjoyed a bunch of gatus's episodes and this was just just pile of shit on the floor. It's just... I, I can't shovel it out. It's part of the series. I don't have the power, so it just remains on the Doctor Who floor forever. Go ahead and cut that out, future Jake. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to know what his other ones were so you can prove yourself wrong and that yeah. you are not very fair to him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, The Unquiet Dead in Season 1. The one with Charles Dickens. The the Gelf. The Gelf. Okay. The Idiot's Lantern in season two, the one I, where the TV okay. sucks people's faces off. I like off. that one. Uh, no, I wasn't <laughs> a biggest fan. Uh, Victory of the Daleks, where we get the iPod Daleks. Oh, no. Is Night Terrors, the one where oh, a little boy gosh, that one's terrible. sucks people into his dollhouse. Yeah, I don't like that one oh, at all. No. Cold War, the last. I thought Cold War was good. Yeah, the one in the submarine. Uh, the Crimson Aura. The Crimson Aura. Uh, Robot of Sherwood, where they shoot a giant gold arrow at a spaceship. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, okay. I'm off. <laughs> I'm off. Gatus can stop forever. And Who's the finally, Sleep No More. The oh, last time no. we all got in a big argument. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, okay. No, that. I suppose I feel better. Yeah, Gatus. Sorry, dude. Stop. <laughs> stop by your head. Try something else. You'll, you may be happy to know this is his final effort in Doctor Who as a writer. We Until will see him very soon as an actor. Just kidding. Oh, wonderful. Uh, can you guys remember an episode that I'm having trouble remembering? Probably not. At some point, Nardal flew the TARDIS. Like, he was gone for a long time, came back, found the Doctor, and he was like, 
wearing some crazy costume and he's like yeah it took me a couple different tries i ended up on this planet and i was a just ruler it said something about tea too. no he went no he went back to like istanbul back yeah, in yeah. time that was the and first episode with uh what's her face I was it the, the puddle one? episode the pilot yeah i thought it was maybe dr mysterio it was like the cold open of the puddle one oh Maybe it is Doctor Mysterio. No, yeah, it's like when he's he has to like fly the TARDIS up to that spaceship that they're crashing. Something like that. Hmm. It's not the puddle one. Are you anyway, sure? A huge part of this story is that Nardal can't fly the TARDIS when we very recently see him learn how. It looked <laughs> and... like. The I don't think it was TARDIS was fighting him. Yeah, it wasn't Nardal not being able to, like because it just took off randomly. So that was the TARDIS doing some weird shit. Yeah, which it also did in Cold War. The only thing that I could think of when that happened was the one time, like two years ago, when you said sometimes they just make the TARDIS disappear because it would just solve all the problems. And yeah, I was, that was like, in Cold yeah, War. they're just they're just getting rid of the TARDIS. Like, this is bullshit, doesn't matter to the plot, they're just getting rid of the TARDIS because it's a problem to the plot. And then, and it's a way to bring Missy kind of more into the story, or further her story anyway. Like, Nardal has to go ask her for help, and she helps, and then gladly returns to her jail. I'm sure that is definitely not going to happen. There's got to be some, some in-between stories of Nardal... Um, and Missy where they go about on the TARDIS and Nardal's got to like keep her in check <laughs> just fucking every room literally oh, a whole sure. spinoff <laughs> it's called Nardole and Missy <laughs> Nardal and Missy run around oh man that that would be a good spot for some fun stories between them two yeah because who's to say they made it on their first try like Nardal said earlier in the other episode yeah Although Missy does seem like super bummed when they arrive. So whatever they were doing, it got messy. Also, <laughs> how does Nardole go from being extremely irate with the doctor for just being off world to, hey, come on out of your prison and fly the TARDIS? Well, yeah, I, I don't have the answer already, I, think, I think since they already did it previously to defeat the mummies or whatever those were. Hold up, what? Oh, the monks. Yeah, that's right. The monks. Well, she wasn't let out. Right, but they, they used they her went in. as help. And the doctor kind of showed that she is changing a little bit. She's not good. Well, neither is the doctor. He gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. This is Missy, and I, I'm, I'm going to tell you already right now how mad I'm going to be when it all doesn't matter. I've I've said it before. We've seen it before. I was so happy for Missy to be good or the master. I'm not sure at which stage the master was in that one. And I was like, oh, my God, we're going to have a new excellent protagonist. And it was all a ruse. And I was fucking heartbroken because I was bamboozled so hard and I wanted it so bad. And they're doing the exact same fucking thing right now. <laughs> what previous time are you talking about? I want to uh, say it was in the Tenant it era, was, wasn't it? It was with the silence. Oh, maybe because not Because I, I believe because Missy was helping him out and she was doing all these good things. And then she yeah. was like, blam. Oh, that was, that was when, when the doctor got the, uh, oh, the, got Davros, the army. No, the Davros episode where she's like with Jenna Coleman for the whole first episode. And they're oh no! Together. I'm sorry. It wasn't the master. I think it was Davros. I was. It was. It was Davros. Oh, and I was right, like, yeah. "Oh my god, Davros is turning good." And he's just like a giant prick. So they're doing the same thing with Missy, and I'm gonna have the same emotional breakdown, and then I'm just gonna stop watching Doctor Who for the rest of my life. And we're gonna record it. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the people are here for. Literally flips a couch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over this. Cody, you have to finish the episode. No, fuck you. Storms oh. out of the house with no shoes. What'd y'all think of the uh, queen of the ice warriors? Yeah, she was kind of neat. I she liked the little bit of like woman power that they had going on. She was baller. And just trying to, yeah, trying to get Bill to step up and like lead yeah. the rest of the men. 
Yeah. Like she's leading her men, Bill's leading her yeah. men. I think she says something like, like me, you're surrounded by incompetent men. Noisy. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. But then instead of like really capturing that, all right, yeah, time to step up. Bill like comes up completely unsure of what the hell she's doing. And do- it does not really do anything with it. Jab Gatiss. Well, Bill's Bill. She's Forky. She what do you expect so Forky. Forky to say? I, I expect Forky to become a gosh darn superhero. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what I expected. I didn't expect shit. I was already out. I don't know how I stayed awake. It was bad. <laughs> so checked out. I didn't care. Like Exactly like Jake said. Like You just don't, you don't care about anybody here. At least I didn't. I really liked the... Uh, weapons that the ice warriors had. The I was gun just that thinking about people that. into balls. That's kind of a yeah. That's a yeah, scary that's, weapon. That's fucking horrifying and yeah. gross. Yeah, it just crunches people up. Every time oh. it showed it, Jill laughed out loud. It's a funny way to die. It, <laughs> it is, is a funny way to die. And then for everybody else to just like a lot of times we see the death as like they disappear or they dissipate or whatever. But to just show it all the time and like have all the other soldiers see it as well. Well, the unique. prop that they or they show the shadow of it, and then there's just a ball rolling. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was gunning for the one soldier who was, what is it? He wanted to just go home or something like that. But then Mister Clefchin uh, pushed him in front of him, and he got turned into a ball instead of Mister Clefchin, and I felt really bad about that like son of a bitch that was the one soldier that i liked <laughs> oh the private guy that didn't want any yeah. part of it yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they really did try to get you to care about the characters because the one guy was like my amelia at home i'm gonna save up enough money and like his whole life story acting like i care if that dude's gotta squeeze but yeah like your choices in you know, like backup protagonist here, like started out as cleft chin dickbag and extreme coward, barely survived seeking redemption. You can't really get behind any of them. Or the Ice Warriors. And to be honest, the Ice Warriors could have just killed them all. Get off their planet. <laughs> right. I, one of my notes is like at one point, if I'm Bill, I'm just like, fine kill these soldiers there's eight of them like does it really matter they're all dicks anyway and then like let's get to work like well let's thaw out the rest of the ice warriors let's uh get us back to earth however we got to do that (laughs) question yeah oh go ahead uh hold on sam are we open for questions i guess we'll open the floor oh good um did this episode happen before cold war or after cold war yes the victorian era is before the 1980s okay i just had to make sure because skaldak in theory should still be with them at that point right uh he's on earth frozen even during the victorian times at this point yeah he was in there like these guys for five thousand years so like whenever they went into freeze they sent him to earth to freeze oh or something i don't know exactly but he did he did say something like it had been thousands of years and like to pull him out of ice that was that deep it would have to be okay i in my mind i was really hoping skaldak would also be in this episode and if it was like a precursor it would then send him to earth like the queen would then be like we're gonna send an army and kill all these motherfuckers but I was disappointed when there was no Skaldak, because he was a good character. Instead, we get Friday, baby. Oh, yeah, Friday. Oh, God. (laughs) Your boy Friday. I I like his design, like the one eye being broken so you can see his face, and I I thought that was cool. It was gruesome. There was one shot when he turned, and all you could see was that broken eye, and it's just mangled in there. Yeah. Did... Did the Ice Warrior in Cold War, when he was wearing his suit, move like a robot like this guy did? Because it felt different. The way he moved in the Cold War was like 
usually hidden. Also, he was mostly just like a lizard outside of a suit for yeah. a long time. Yeah, I was going to say the differences in the two ice warriors that we're seeing is quite major. Like these guys, you see way more like jaw and neck exposed compared to how Skaldak looked. Like most of him was covered up in everything. And maybe you saw like just a tiny little nutcracker jaw, if you will. Um, so it it almost seemed like a completely different race or uh military status or army of them so i don't know it seemed weird to me they did give skaldax rank when the doctor first saw him he says like oh this is a let's say he said captain in the military of the ice warriors or something like that well wasn't skaldax like a huge uh like war like he was yeah. known, like he was a war the doctor hero, knew yeah. his name after he said it. Yeah, because yes. he was like the butcher something like of something like that. So maybe he gets just cooler armor. <laughs> he gets butcher armor. He's he's on that level fifty armor where your shoulders are real big. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they change the armor for when they go to Earth, just to deal with the atmosphere difference. Well, the the queen has different armor, so it wouldn't be crazy to think that some status between these soldiers and the queen somewhere in between the two of them would also have something different gotcha which why was the queen frozen gold and all of the other ones were not because she's she's dope dope and does dope shit but why is she frozen gold (laughs) she's the queen's I kind of like the bee theme they were going with there. The bee theme? The hive? And they called it a hive, and I was like, oh yeah, they're just like all together. But then the pan up of the hive was very cool. That very, was a fun shot. Very inefficient way to like put people in there. Like, how'd they get in there? How do they get out? They have like little elevators or something? They really can dig legs. through the ground. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> there's There's literally an elevator. They use it at the very end. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's Corona, it... so do they have to put, like, two people in an elevator <laughs> But does time? it take it to their pod? Like, does the elevator take them each to their pod up? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's more than one elevator. And I really like the way that they lit up as it went around. Cool scene. It was a very cool and scene. And you could like see the, the silhouette of the bodies there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was a queen, and only one, and she was, like, the boss lady. Very, very bee-themed. I think it'd be interesting to... Like, do we know the war that they're talking about? Were they having, like, a civil war on the planet? Mm. They just, like, keep saying the Great War. Hmm. Did they ever have, like, a minor war or, like, a tussle? Well, I was wondering if the hive was just warring with another hive. And are they still alive? Uh, No. Skaldek killed them all. Gotcha. But... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> because I guess they did mention um when when they said that the the surface is barren uh just like we had feared. So they were in a war that was going to cause Mars to be the way it was or the way that it is. So that, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool little little background. How did they gain ownership of Mars? They were just the they're first ones there. Yeah. yeah. That's their no, home they're, planet. they're from there. Sorry, going back to Missy uh, at the end of the episode, uh, her coming up to the doctor and asking, are you all right? Like that seemed incredibly sincere to me compared to her just nonchalant still has a chip on her shoulder type of vibe that Missy normally has. And uh, that makes me really wonder then like with all of her knowledge of the doctor, if there's something wrong with the doctor that we don't know about that Missy is picking up on. So that's kind of a, a cliffhanger in my mind of what on earth is this about? Yeah, that'd be cool. Which is quote for nothing happens. I'm guessing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so that's everything about the episode. There was a, a big machine gun type thing. There was a big laser that they used to mine. Is that what that was? Yeah. How do you how do you fail to hang someone 
And then <laughs> if if they've been convicted and sentenced to hanging and it fails, then they become a captain? Yeah. Yep. Same question. <laughs> Double jeopardy. Can't be you hanged for the same to, thing twice. Yeah. You send someone to death and you execute that sentence, but they didn't die. Then uh, they get to go. If you hang yeah. something there long enough, it'll die. <laughs> it's like the whole premise of Torchwood Miracle Day. Why isn't this guy hanging? I'm so confused. Do like, we take the chair is away? It, is is the is it is it in the contract of hanging that they only get like thirty seconds to die, <laughs> and then if they're still alive, no, you hang you hang him, you slap your hands together to get all the rope dust off, and you walk away, assuming <laughs> everything worked fine. <laughs> Once he comes back, be like, "Well, I'm here for duty still." Like what? No, get out. <laughs> You're gone. Well, maybe it was a private hanging, and not many people knew about it. It was super secret squirrel stuff. Uh, so, Cody, is the reason you don't like this episode is because they saved the day with honor instead of love? No. Did they actually save the day? Was anything saved? Yeah. The guy was like, I was sentenced to death long ago. I gladly give my life, but in, in exchange, I want to. I want your word to save everybody. And then she's like, I will take your life but not today, and then, like, he becomes her fuckboy or something, and now they're, like, a team, and everyone's going to stay alive. I'm sure she would have shot him, and then he would have been like, oh, I'm still alive, and then been promoted to, like, colonel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my my brain went, when Alex said something about, like, oh, yeah, no, they're all part of my army. I just thought of all these ice warriors, like, unfolding the balls of all the other people and like oh. you can you can go you guys are fine <laughs> so i wrote down the insubordination is the killer in the story like everyone who's underneath someone not taking orders top down is making everything worse truth it's just hard to get behind anybody in the episodes it's like all y'all can die i'll see you next week for the next episode <laughs> Um, also, Jake, I got a question. Is the song when we see Missy in the TARDIS, Missy's song? Yes, and it's been almost two whole seasons since we've heard it. I have never noticed it before, and it was super cool. I agree. I really liked the cold open. Everyone in the uh, space station doing the countdown, and the doctor just shows up, and they're all just showing up around the station, like... What is going on? Is this Neil Armstrong? Oh my god. <laughs> Nardal's just drinking a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really fun. They just kind of popped in. They're, like it shows them just going on adventures to see things. Like they weren't there for anything alien. Yeah. Like it was just they were just like, I want to go see something at NASA. Let's just go check it out. Oh, and then when they get on Mars get and up. they start walking around, and Bill's like, Oh, fire, there's oxygen. We can take them up. And the doctor's like, No, no, no. I will be the first and go to Nardal. He's already got it off. Ah, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Nardal. Physics, baby. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. science. Tweets. This is your cue. Tweets. Where's Jake this entire episode? <laughs> uh, looking up what this fucking war is that they keep referencing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, so like, I sent him on that goose egg a long time ago. It, Every, so like the Ice Warriors started with the second doctor, like they're really old and they always have to come up with a reason why Mars is not inhabited or inhabited or why it's like desolate. So, so you have to like come up with some bullshit like, oh, there's a war and it made Mars uh, inhospitable, but they never like give any details. It's just like there was a war and then there's tons of books and audio plays and stuff and they're just like. Uh, yeah, there was a war. <laughs> just n- nothing at all. Why can't a planet just be desolate and have people live underground? Or just a species that, like, whatever the conditions are, those are the conditions they require to survive. Yeah. That seems reasonable to Fuck me. Fuck writers, man. You don't need a yeah. reason. What? They're just being so complicated. They're playing the hard game. Jill, you got anything? You haven't talked in 45 minutes. No, I, I just, I kind of like the battliness of... Two parties that aren't necessarily doing the right thing. They're just, they like happen to collide. I don't know. It's just kind of a territorial battle, it feels like. It's not, 
it's not anything super significant. It's like a, they were here first, we want the goods type thing. And I just kind of like that story, seeing the, like the, the heads of each battle it out. And I don't know, I, I liked the doctor and Bill's role in this. Like it felt kind of two-sided, like they were playing both parties with Bill, like just Bill and the Queen seem to have a lot in common. And the Doctor, of course, is just middle manning. I thought that, that was fun to watch. Again, the whole first half is garbage, but the battle scene of it kept me engaged. Sam, do you have anything? You're probably the most positive of this story than any, anybody. <laughs> uh, nope. Nope. That's all I got. I like the bee theme. <laughs> Alex Twitter song. Tweet, 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 and tweet, and tweet, and tweet, yeah. Uh, every episode I ask our friends on Twitter if they would like to say anything about the story we're going to review. And if you want to do so, you can follow us on Twitter, Married to Who Pod. Uh, like these people did. Uh, neither the time nor the space at time nor space pod says, wish everyone a Merry Christmas from me and to a far lesser extent, David. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they said happy Christmas over there. That's what Harry Potter led me to believe. <laughs> Maybe they're dumbing it down for us. <laughs> Ode underscore Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie says, given how forgettable Cold War was, it's really great to have another Ice Warrior story and one that explores them a bit more. Man, give me Cold War every day over this one. Right. Uh, this isn't really an essential episode, but I really like the breather of this and the next story between the Monk trilogy and the finale. And it's fun. First scene is great. Always love when the Doctor manages to sneak into official places and then get away with it. And I really like the setup it gives for the story. The idea of humans using aliens as servants has been done, especially in Who, but this does it so well. And it shows a different side to them. And I like the use of Victorian-era astronauts. Surprised it took that long for Who to do that in a story, to be honest. The Ice Warriors are explored so well in this story, Cold War didn't really do them justice. I like that, again, we get the humans being the real monsters, at least in part, and the Warriors are just being that. The emphasis on honor is done so well, showing the Doctor's respect for the Warriors and his disappointment in the humans. It's a simple idea, but the brave coward and the arrogant coward are done so well. And Catch Love's death is so satisfying. He's played so well, so easy to dislike, and God's Acre is great too. Like with a few episodes in this series, it's obvious that this was written before Nardal was a regular. Writing him out seems to be done, or seems just to be done to make it harder for the Doctor and Bill. Though him having to ask Missy for help is so well done, and the scene between her and the Doctor is played so well, seeming to show genuine emotion, and I love how it keeps us guessing whether it is or not. Surprisingly, for a breather episode, the body horror of the Warriors' victims is pretty grim, and I loved it. And even though I know it might be a fun fact, and it definitely won't mean anything to the Marrieds, I love the Alpha Centauri cameo and the return of that actress. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think of this one and what's to come. Thank you all for doing something this magnificent and for giving us all something wonderful to look forward to and to be a part of for so long. You're all truly incredible. Aww. That makes Aww. more sense that uh, Alpha Centauri person. I was like, why does this seem significant? But I don't get it. Yeah, was that a we'll talk about. Thing? Yeah, we'll talk about it more in a little bit here. Thank you, Ollie. We obviously appreciate you every week, and yeah, I think most of what you said we touched on. But of course, Ollie was much more positive about it than any of us. Sorry, this is the episode we give you to start off your 2021. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Nickaforis Focus at Jury of One says, Fun story with a suitably absurd premise. I like the exploration of the Ice Warriors, but it does feel a little predictable, especially the redemption sacrifice at the end. I feel like Gaddis got better at writing who as he went along, and I do enjoy the second half of the episodes he wrote, starting with his Series 7 episodes and finishing here. On another note, I was wondering if any of you have heard Peter Capaldi's single, If I Could Pray, from earlier this year. It's very good. I have not. I didn't even know about it. No. Wait, he's putting music out? 
Good lord, show me. Those guitar skills. They finish by saying, have a good Christmas and New Year. Thank you. You as well. Same to you. Merry Christmas to you. (laughs) Uh, Chris at this emo trash says, even for an often self-indulgent British show, this is a bit much, don't you think? Considering he's the only person to have written for the Ice Warriors and knew who Mark Gatiss' scripts have gone in wildly different directions. Cold War is an almost horror-esque base under siege, and this one is... I'm not going to say bad, because there's some alright moments, but I'm not going to say good either. The Ice Warriors are very underexplored compared to a lot of other monsters, so I do like that they're at least trying to develop them more. I find it difficult to actually care about any of the side characters, same, because they make no effort to make them into actual people. Their character only comes out a minute or two before they die or do something special instead of being spread throughout. Araxa is just generic bloodthirsty villain. We saw almost the exact same thing in Hungry Earth slash Cold Blood. Uh, female lizard creature sleeps for a thousand years, wakes up and tries to kill humans before the humans and lizards make amends and work together for the greater good. I really do want to like it because there are all the elements of what should be an amazing episode, but it just isn't. The Alpha Centauri cameo is great. I really want the Ice Warriors to get another story and maybe a return to Peladon so they can really shine. But until then, sorry, Gaddis, but I'll stick to the Pertwee stories. Happy holidays to you, the Marys, and the dogs. May you all have a COVID-free crimbo. Yes. Good crimbo shall be had by all. Also, don't feel bad about dislike of the episode. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not the greatest episode. Don't Don't even... That is a really good tweet. I, I like how they put it all kind of together. You know, it's not bad. Like, I guess, is it is it bad with good bits or good with bad bits? I think it's bad with good bits, but it's very middle to me. Gimmick infringement. You want to get sued? We already did it once. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just making a goof. <laughs> Alex. Fun facts leave song. That's a good song. Yeah, it just came off top. That had some energy. I don't know how I feel about the tweeting song. What? That was a that was like a like it's, a country drawl, like it's just been slow the tweeting song for a while, and I, it's not tweeting, ah. and I feel weird about it. But that was a good one. <laughs> Point to where he made you feel weird. The mm, uh, the tweet mm. <laughs> tweet 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 you don't like that huh all right so Alpha Centauri I said we'd talk about it uh, there were two stories in the Pertwee era that had took place on this planet Peladon Curse of Peladon and Monster of Peladon something like that and. They both had Ice Warriors in them, and they both had this character, Alpha Centauri. And in this case, actor Isain Churchman, or Isan, however you say it, Y-S-A-N-N-E, returns as the voice of Alpha Centauri at the age of 92. Wow. Uh, becoming the oldest actor to appear in the new television series of Doctor Who. Alpha Centauri last appeared 43 years previously in The Monster of Peladon. To date, this marks the second longest interval between consecutive appearances by an alien in the franchise, overtaken only by the Great Intelligence. But it's definitely got to be the longest time between appearances of an actor. It's a long time. Yeah. It would be nice to beat that if they could just write Carol Ann Ford into a fucking story already. Give her her regeneration. (laughs) No, sir. You keep your old Uh, who shit out of my new who. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, looking at this lady's IMDb, she has an acting credit from a TV movie called Gallows Glorious from 1938. <laughs> so she had an act. She, I mean, she has a ton of acting credits, but she started as a kid and was in Doctor Who 79 years later. Oh, my God. Um, I tried explaining this earlier, but here I have it written down. So maybe this will be a little easier. Mark Gatiss explained on the after show that Empress of Mars began as a sequel to his 2015 story Sleep No More. Oh, I did get it wrong. It was going to be a sequel to Sleep No More. And I think at one point uh, the Empress even says Sleep No More to her soldiers and they like start unfreezing. 
thawing that's the word not unfreezing (laughs) uh then it later it later turned into an ice warrior story and then with the inclusion of alpha centauri was intended to be a third peladon story until he actually like fully formed the story which is debatable and (laughs) decided that it wasn't all i can think about is exercise bikes a peloton Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, I like to look at all the actors, see if they've been to Doctor Who before or anything else interesting that I want to talk about. Ian Beatty was Jack Daw. Don't even know who that was. He was Marin Trant in 17 episodes of Game of Thrones. Jack Daw was the nice dude with the hat, the captain hat. Yeah, he's the one who was the failed hanging. Oh. (laughs) Well, in Game of Thrones, he liked to diddle little girls. Ew. Uh, Yeah. And he had both of his eyes stabbed out by Arya. Yeah. Uh, got him. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Ewan was the lady at NASA who had like one line. She has over 90 on-screen credits, over 150 stage credits. She's in a bunch of movies from the 80s and 90s that I love, including Who's Harry Crumb, Bird on a Wire, Look Who's Talking To. She's in four episodes of X-Files as four different characters. She teaches at RADA. But, like, with all those credits, she has no more acting credits on IMDb after this episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, (laughs) this was the career crusher. Did you see it? (laughs) She's just teaching. Yeah, she's got better things to do. More consistent. Rod is, like, one of the big ones. Less stressful. Uh, Charlie Aiken was a soldier. He was also a stormtrooper in The Force Awakens and a stand-in for Captain Phasma. So he must be 11 feet tall. Who's Captain Phasma? Uh... Brienne of Tarth in uh, Star Wars. Ah, gotcha. What's her name? Gwendolyn. Stefani. <laughs> no. Pocket. <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie. Christie. Uh, Never would have known. David Cromartie was a soldier. This is his second of three appearances in Doctor Who, all of them as soldiers. We haven't seen our Wanda O'Connor. Mongolian woman. <laughs> Wanda O'Connor was a NASA scientist. She's also a journalist in The Return of Doctor Mysterio. And the Queen of Rhodia in the class episode for Tonight We Might Die. Watch class, people. Maybe. No, I'm watching that other <laughs> show. Torchwood. No. Better oh. not be watching Torchwood. The other show. You're Bridge watching Broadchurch. Yep, Broadchurch. Broad that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Going in the to church. churches. Alex, even that MVP theme song. MVP. Alex, who's your MVP? Ugh. It's so weird. It's like a middle thing. I don't know. I'm going to say the the captain guy, the actual captain guy, the, the, the guy that failed to hang. Jack Dawes. Yeah, because, like, Bill wasn't in it much. The doctor was, like, really didn't do anything. And I don't think anyone else did very well. I have a complaint. It's not really about him, but it's a scene he's in. The one where they, like, rip off his neckerchief and, like, pull it apart to see his hanging scar. That scene is really bad. How so? It's awkward. Like, the way he... He, like, lifts his head and looks away, and they, like, rip it open, and then he lets go, and then he goes back and rips it open again, and he, like, throws his head back again. Watch it. It's awkward. He secretly wanted them all to know. Yeah, I mean, they've been up there for how long? They, they, he, he was just getting off on some dude touching his chest. Yeah, he was probably enjoying <laughs> it. He was like, oh, Gross. rip it off my <laughs> neck harder. I, Get a shift I on. don't know. That was just super awkward. That scene was awkward. I'd me. have to rewatch yeah. it. Yeah. But I don't know. I liked the bits that, like, the lines that he had, how he delivered them. It, it, was, it was good. Cody? Uh, the opposite guy. Uh, crotch grab. <laughs> crotch <Catch> grab. <laughs> Catch glove? Catch glove. <laughs> Ferdinand Kingsley was catch glove. Yep. Oh, he did a I fantastic mean, job of C- making me CG. hate him. I mean, he got the CG part. You can't just be calling people crotch grab. <laughs> the fuck I can't. <laughs> Jill. Um I'm gonna go with whoever played the queen. 
She didn't have to do a ton, but, you know, her commitment to the accent and the S's was pretty impressive. Especially the S's. So I'm going with her. I am also. Her name's Adele Lynch. Ooh, and that's a good name. She was in three episodes of The Bill in 1999 and then this episode of doctor who and that's it mm. but like that makeup's gotta be super tough those teeth are a disaster and like when she closes her mouth they like match up so that she can completely close it and it's you notice it a couple times and it looks super hard and i think she just did a really good job she was super committed to her character i like that and no one else did shit so <laughs> who else is gonna pick right some crotch grabber. <laughs> no. Sam? His name is Crotch Grab. He's not a crotch grabber. Well, I, he looks like he is, he is, though. I will also go with the queen with an honorable mention to whoever decorated the hive. Or the scene of the hive Set lighting design. up. Set design, yeah. That was going to be my second. And another honorable mention to... Missy, as per usual. <laughs> Always. Well, the set dresser was Calvin Evans. Uh, Campbell Fraser was a carpenter. Terry Horrell was a construction manager. <laughs> uh, bunch of carpenters. I like the light up hive. <laughs> uh, Terry? I am also going with uh, Catch Glove, just for uh, his... Uh, he was a wonderful driving force in just being the negative energy in this episode and just his conviction of like, screw everyone. I want the power. Like he's totally jumping in and taking charge when he's not supposed to be and just taking control and then turning out to be a coward himself and just caring about his own needs. And it was great to watch him die. You gotta, you gotta call him by his given military name. I was really oh, hoping you come up with another <laughs> CG name, like a different one. Oh, Al, or Cody, he's in a Poirot. Why are you telling What's me? What's a Poirot? I mean, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> but it won't say which one. What? Did you check under crotch grab? But it was in 2013, <laughs> and he played Desmond Burton Cox. Oh, hey, oh. that sounds familiar. Oh. It's too perfect. <laughs> He's also in uh, Mank, big Netflix movie that just dropped this week. I love Netflix movies. I've watched a lot of really good ones lately. This is about um, the dude who wrote... Um, Citizen Kane. I'm out. <laughs> it's got Gary Oldman as said man. I'm in. As a young man? Sad man? Is he a Gary... Gary said G- man. Gary young man? <laughs> it is now time for everybody's favorite <laughs> podcast game. Shut up. <laughs> Dr. Uchiwa Pursuit slash Doug Betts, a movie game game. In this game, I will ask each of these pricks a question from the Dr. Trivial Pursuit. If they get it wrong, the next person gets a crack at it, and they get some multiple choice options. If they get it wrong, the next person gets a guess from the remaining options, and so on. Everyone will get a chance to go first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. The questions are random, so some of them are wicked easy, and I dare say all of these for today are wicked easy. Oh, shit. You previewed them? Yeah, I've started doing like my multiple choice ahead of time, <laughs> so I don't have to like scramble. He, he does those, but he doesn't read the tweets ahead of time to rehearse I do how not. to say those. <laughs> you know how fucking long those are? I got shit to do during the day. Like make up multiple choice questions. Yeah, that's like the most time consuming thing. Uh, I have chosen the order ahead of time randomly, and it is Terry Cody, Jill Sam Alex. Oh, blast. It's fine. Terry, are you ready? Maybe. No. <laughs> no, go fight. What was the name of the first episode to feature the ninth doctor? Easy. Oh, no, Terry. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know them by ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth types. I wouldn't um, know it either, Terry. Don't feel bad. 
Feel bad. And Feel odds really are, bad. it's probably like a Christmas special of nonsense. Wrong. So, I don't know. I'm going to give you say... my way of remembering it after this question. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, look, Santa's dead. I don't know. Oh. Uh, yeah, so it's a super easy question. Thanks. No, no guess? No guess. Cody? Go on, Jake. Oh, come <laughs> on. Your multiple choice are... Smith and Jones, Rose, Partners in Crime, New Rose. Earth. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first episode, Terry. <laughs> I didn't realize Nine was the first Doctor. Yeah. No. Also, yeah. I really doctor. didn't watch any of that Doctor so at all. David Tennant is the 10th Doctor. So who was before him? Christopher, Christopher Eccleston. Eccleston and the eleventh Doctor. Eccleston. Is the first Matt The first episode is Rose. <laughs> I knew that the first episode was Rose. Cody, are you ready for your? I'm question? ready. Cody has one point. Everyone else has zero. In the Impossible Astronaut, the Doctor travels to see Richard Nixon in America. But what year is it when he lands in the Oval Office? 1952. No. Jill? Yes? Your multiple choice are 1968, 1969, 1970, 1971. Oh, you're good at dates like I am. Yeah. 1969. Oh, that's correct. It was the year of the moon landing, Cody. Cody has one. Jill has one. Jill, it is your turn to go first. Oh, good. In the beast below, what is Starship UK being carried on the back of? Why couldn't I have um, this one? What? <laughs> A, uh, In? No, I, I know, I know. It's the 11th Doctor's second episode. Uh, a submarine? Sam. A space whale. That is... Not correct. <laughs> you want to give me my multiple choice? I don't know, guys. I thought Space Whale is pretty accurate. I was trying to make it easy on you. How, how specific do you want to be? So, Space Whale's one of the multiple oh, choice. Shoot. So if I give, so if I give you another chance, you already have one. Like oh, if, no. it's, if it's already one of the multiple choice, I would say you got it wrong. <laughs> True, because you would have said yeah, that one. You would have said space. You would have said that I, one. I don't know that because if I heard what it was, it might have been more. Well, obvious. maybe you need to learn to keep your mouth shut until the multiple choice comes. Why didn't you get multiple choice? Because you said it immediately. You've been professionally baited. I, I do the same thing to everybody, and they all say, "Give me the multiple choice." Took too long. I was trying to speed Alex, it up. Alex, do you want the multiple choice? Yes, please. <laughs> is it a space whale, a star whale, a super whale, or a galaxy whale? It's a star yeah, whale. Yeah, easy. It's a star, star whale. Star whale. Would you have said Cody star has... whale? Yeah, for... I actually did know it when you said that. Oh. 100%. Too bad. Well, maybe one of the next two will come back around to you, Sam. Cody has one. Jill has one. Alex has one. Sam, it is your turn to go first. Bliss and Ursula sing the 1971 pop hit Brand New Key together at a meeting of which doctor hunting group? I'll know this one with the multiple choice, too. It's a name of, like, a person. That's all I got. I don't know. I can't remember. I need this one to get to me, please. Now throw out a name. Throw out a guess. Uh, nope. Because I don't want to give hints. <laughs> Alex. Yes. Your multiple choice are Susan, Sarah, Linda, Vicky. Can you say the question again? Bliss and Ursula sing the 1971 pop hit Brand New Key together at a meeting of which Dr. Hunting group? What the fuck? Okay, never mind. I'm no, out. it's easy. Say say the multiple choice again. <laughs> Susan, Sarah, Linda, Vicky. Linda. Yep. 
That's correct. Okay. Dang what? It, explain the that. question. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's asking what is the name of their group that were the, that they get together every so week to hunt. The, the group doctor. is called Linda. Yes. Oh, yeah. it's an acronym for something. Oh. Yeah, it's London Investigations Detective mm, Agency. Detective Agency. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. I was like, like that what? <laughs> like tweeting. Okay. Alex has two. Jill has one. Cody has one. Alex, it is your turn to go first. You can close the door and win this week. What TV cartoon heroine was showing aboard the Crusader 50 as part of the entertainment system? Hmm. Ugh, I don't even know what episode this is from. We've talked about it recently and named or where the answer was Crusader 50. So that's how we should know what it is. I I don't even have like a good guess. I'm just going to say uh fuck heroin. Uh Wanda the from <laughs> Wanda and Vision. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> like I can't think of any like like good guesses. <laughs> Jake silently searching multiple choice answers. Is this an easy one? Am I dumb? Yep. No, uh-huh. it's not easy. Okay. It's, it's just random. Um, okay, Terry. Yes. What TV cartoon heroine was showing aboard the Crusader 50 as part of the entertainment system? Was it Daisy Duck, Minnie Mouse, Wilma Flintstone, Betty Boop? Betty Boop. Yeah. You sexual I would not have. I would not have guessed <laughs> any of those for, like, Doctor Who to be, like, a cartoon heroine. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the first one I thought of right away, too. So Alex is the winner with two, but we do have a three-way tie for second between Terry, Cody, and Jill. Ooh, baby. It's not gay if it's a three-way. <laughs> hey. Thank you. <laughs> okay. For those of you listening at home, because of the lag of doing this on Discord, it's more fair to do these tiebreaker questions by me typing them into Discord. So you're not going to know what the question is. In fact, the one I just edited and released on Sunday, I never said what the question was at any point. It was <laughs> just so, mayhem. Uh, but I did record myself saying what the question was and insert it into the podcast. So I'm going to type it, or I have typed it into Discord. I'm going to hit enter here. These guys are just going to, whichever one of them yells it out first, wins the tiebreaker and gets second place. And then I'll say what the question was. Are all of you ready? Ready. Yes. Yes. Three, two, one, go. Hall of Ghosts. Sleeping oh. with of. <laughs> <laughs> Songs of ghosts. Sounds of ghosts. Uh, stories season, of ghosts. Season two. Oh, this is helpful. It's a two-parter. This is the first part, the finale. Continue. <laughs> the, cy- the Cybermen are coming through, but they look like ghosts. There's a whole bunch of them. Suit of, armor of. Swarm. There's know. like a lot of them. War of, army Legions of. Legions of ghosts. Yay, Jill It's army of ghosts. Oh, nice. son of a. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the hints. <laughs> <laughs> so the question, listener, was complete this story title blank of ghosts <laughs> and they were incapable of doing so <laughs> <laughs> we all lose luckily alex is the winner alex give me that paper crumpling theme song this has been married to who's episode on empress of mars if you would like to participate with us you can do so in our socials at married to who pod on twitter married to who on instagram or you can email us married to who at gmail.com if you want to listen to this podcast in some different way than you are you can do it on spotify google play apple Podcasts, or you can go to our website married who.com if you want to get those really old episodes that aren't very good and I wish you wouldn't do that. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and producer Terry, thank you so much for listening. And please join us next time for Eaters of Light.